Welcome to Streamable, the podcast about the best streaming content out there. We're going to be reviewing shows and movies from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney+, Peacock, whatever other services they come up with. So sit back, listen to our review, and then you can tell us how wrong we are on Twitter. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Brett. And together we have over 57 years of movie watching experience. Wait, we were watching movies when we were born? Shh, shut up. You're going on a journey. You're waiting for a train. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> That's part of the problem. Don't think of it as the same. <laughs> I know. I know. But every time I every time I heard that that line, it reminded me of the of the go, waiting for a train line. I know. Yeah, me too. Anyway, yeah. we're talking about reminiscence, which is related to Inception. It was a uh, another co-theatrical slash HBO Max release, and um, so we're kind of cheating here. It's sort of a streaming original, but we also saw it in theaters because, well, we can. Yeah. It is the directorial debut of Lisa Joy, who is the co-creator of Westworld with her husband, Jonathan Nolan who writes many of the Christopher Nolan-directed films, such as Inception. Mm-hmm. That, that is where it is tangentially related. And that's more or less where it ends. So the trailers, maybe it was my expectations, but to me the trailers made it seem like it's a very Nolan-esque film, and it's not. Lisa Joy did her own thing. But having the wrong expectations in this movie, I think is part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it affected my viewing of it too much. Uh, it hundred percent affected mine. And I'm, I mean, that's because I consider Jonathan Nolan, the greatest screenwriter of all time, probably, and have watched every Christopher Nolan movie multiple times. So I thought she would do something similar, mainly in that there would be kind of a, a twist or like, you know, screwing with your mind and your perception of reality, especially because she's the co-creator of Westworld, and they also build it as that, and it's not at all. Yeah, I mean, the the best description of this movie is it's just a regular old neo-noir film. I don't know that that's right, though. I mean, it wasn't... Again, the uh, maybe the trailers set my expectations too much. It didn't feel like it was enough of a noir film. It had the style, mostly, but it was also this kind of sci-fi thing. Well, but I don't it, know. He just it, didn't feel like a noir detective to me. You, you, you get the narration. You get the, uh, like, the memory aspect of the film kind of just replaces what you would see in, like, maybe, like, flashback from, like, regular interrogations and stuff that happen in, like, noir films. I mean, I, I think it is essentially just a noir film, and then with like a literal reason for the viewer to see a flashback and then in that the, the detective gets to literally see it too basically and, and the narration being literal as well <laughs> right right and 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 then of course you also have your your femme fatale character like it's it's pretty much just a noir film with like a like a new take on it and yeah. th- I th- I think if you 
if you give people literally just that expectation of it, it it'll probably kind of change uh, so that they, they don't have like the crazy inception style expectations of it. Like I think like I going into it, I was kind of expecting a little bit more Nolan-y thing, but I don't know. And, it, it, it really quickly kind of just settled into what felt like a noir film to me. And I was like, all right, that's, I guess what's going on here. But and, my, my problem was the entire movie. I was looking for the Nolan twist, which maybe is more me because I've like literally studied Christopher and Jonathan Nolan, but I don't know. It, it, it I, I think expectations kind of ruined this movie. Not that it was a bad movie, but, uh, and going back to the noir thing, I think um, there's a quote here that kind of said it pretty well. It's uncertain blend of sci-fi action and noir thriller mostly provokes memories of better films. Like, to me, it's it's not enough sci-fi. It's not enough noir. It, it is like a, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, like the, the sci-fi aspect of it is pretty much essentially just it's the future. To- well, but I mean, it's not even like it, it seems to be like just far enough in the future where everyone still is relatively wearing like, and actually people are, are wearing clothes that are more reminiscent of like noir stuff. Like she's wearing like the evening dresses. Well, yeah, fashion cyclical. Right. And I don't know. I don't know what year it's supposed to be. Do they even say it in the film? No, it's just alluded to. I mean, I don't know. 50 like, years, maybe. Like, literally nothing about it seems futuristic except for the fact that, you know, water levels have risen and the fact that they have this technology that lets you, like, see people's memories. That's the only, like, real futuristic thing you see. Yeah, and they, they allude to some wars and stuff. But anyway, just to back up a little bit, um, Hugh Jackman, who worked with Nolan on The Prestige, and I think that's about it, right? Yeah, for Nolan. Yeah, he was only in the prestige. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson and I don't know if her name's still pronounced Thandy Newton, Thandiwi Newton. Thandy Newton kind of reclaimed her original name. Anyway, um, she's obviously a Westworld vet. Or kind of the main three characters. Right. And, And it's kind of this, I guess, noir mystery kind of a thing where Jackman's trying to uncover this story about his love interest. Um, yeah. I don't want to say a lot because it's just going to spoil the movie, so there's not much to say on the story. I, I think, again, it's fine <laughs> as long as you're not expecting, you know, the mind twist Qu- Christopher Jonathan Nolan style thing. It's it's just different. Right, and then uh, going back a little bit to that quote you said, the reason I was bringing up the fact that it's like the sci-fi aspect of it is, is pretty much just like the memory thing is that again, I guess maybe my mind calling it a neo-noir is almost a misnomer because of that. The, the only aspect that that uh, for that thing to exist is essentially just to have a in plot reason for noir flashback scenes. And, and, and then it basically is just a regular noir film. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can argue that he's not the greatest detective, but I mean, eh, it's all right. I, I think it. I think it follows the regular general tropes of a noir film, and that's basically it, it all just it was trying to be. Stylistically, didn't capture it enough for me. I, I think oh, was I kind mean, of like, 
Like you mean like being a little like darker visually? Yeah, the, the, aesthetically and tone, it, it just wasn't enough of a noir. I think tone wasn't too bad. I'll give you aesthetics though. Uh, it, it it did seem a little off in terms of that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they literally had a reason to always be out at and working at night, um, right? That was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. But like, like you can tell that like pretty much all of it was just a set. I don't know why uh, she needed to do it. Where she could have just told like a regular noir story, I guess. But I guess she wanted to build it around this like you know, memory machine device thing, and that's why it was set in the future, and then I guess for that reason, we also had to have it later at night, so it's a little bit darker, but it still I mean, wasn't. Did... Like, he was still outside during the day a lot, uh, yeah. because of like traveling to different locations and stuff. Whatever. I-, I didn't have a problem with her choosing to put it in the future. I just think, again, that the problem was it wasn't enough of a sci-fi film or a noir film. It was yeah, like yeah. we got hints at sci-fi, but it felt like you said, it feels like today. And it didn't really feel like a noir film either. The story was following a noir path, but I don't know. I think that's really my only problem with it. It's still a fine movie. And if I watch it again, which I probably will, I think I'll like it more because I won't have incorrect expectations. And I think part of the problem is the trailer set expectations. And I just set expectations for myself being a Nolan fan. Um, but the movie, so I'm not sure why Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 37%, which doesn't feel fair. That's Yeah, the harsh. critical reviews are going insanely that's, harsh. That's harsh. I don't know why. Um, and the audience score isn't live yet. Is that just a time thing? Do they wait for a certain amount of time or a certain number of reviews? I think they wait now because of people like review brigading movies, not even seeing them. Um, so I think they wait a little bit, right, uh, until they allow actual like user reviews in. Okay, yeah, I mean it has two hundred and fifty plus, but yeah, it's, it, it's fine. I think it's a good movie, especially compared to a lot of the stuff we normally watch. Yeah, it just a, wasn't what I expected. This is a case of the Rotten Tomatoes rating system being a little weird because of the fact that all it is is a a percentage of positive or negative reviews, basically. Well, an and, average rating of 5.2 out of 10. Right, right. It, but that, that's that, that's what they consider like a good review. Is that what, is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Uh, I think the, that... the, the percentage is, you're right, positive, negative, but each review is out of 10. So its average is 5.2 out of 10, which still seems harsh. Wait, where are you getting that percentage from? Or, sorry, where are you getting uh, that Wikipedia? review from? Oh, that might be like a different review setting then. Because like Rotten Tomatoes it's is just a, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is just a collection of reviews from other other things which have different scoring systems. Like okay. there's people that do like letters letter scores and then like people that do scores out of four, scores out of ten, scores out of five. So right. all, all Rotten Tomatoes is collect all those and go like, all right, these are good, these are bad, and then give us a like a ratio of that basically. Right, but they still have a rating out of 10 which yes is extrapolated from letters and four stars and all that other crap but it it averages as a very average movie metacritic has 47 out of 100 so it's basically a a, you know five out of ten two out of four star whatever you want to call it which i don't know it's like a six six and a half for me and i felt like i had 
bad expectations going into it. It could be better. I, I that that feels harsh. Yeah, I mean, I would have probably given it like a seven. Like, I thought it was still a good movie. Uh, so yeah, like when I when I finished it and I jumped on Rotten Tomatoes, cause I usually like to, I usually like to do it uh, where I watch the movie first and then check out a review just to see what I feel first before letting the review kind of color my expectations. And when I saw the like thirty percent that it was at when I looked at it, I was like, "Holy shit, this is insane!" Like that's it's not that bad of a movie that like the overwhelming majority of of the critics apparently hated it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get why. Anyway, we watched it in theaters. We watched it in Dolby Cinema, which is whatever. It's like an IMAX, I guess. Just blacker blacks that are sound. <laughs> yeah, it's it's LED IMAX basically. I don't know. It it didn't really feel necessary. Like it uh, it it wasn't on the level of spectacle of a Nolan film. It was yeah. good. Uh, honestly, I would say go to the theater for the music. It, it, at least in my opinion, it, it's Raman Jawadi who does the music for Westworld, which to me is ten out of ten. Like he's a brilliant composer yeah his music is always a little weird but yeah i like it i love it i I mean i literally have downloaded all of westworld as playlists on spotify like i I just listened to it i don't know i think he's amazing and i thought the music was pretty good in this movie but the spectacle isn't really like you have to go to theaters to see it like you know dune or something that's you know gonna be big I do think so. I'm reading one of the, the the section on Wikipedia for the critical response, and I think maybe the negative reviews are just because people keep trying to compare it to a large number of other films. Yeah, I um, see Maltese Falcon meets Inception. And yeah, like, yeah, it's Blade Runner, the streaming series with a hint of Godfather. Yeah, like, yeah, it it's it's very much its own thing. Like you know, again, I set the expectations of it being like her husband's films. And her, I guess, brother-in-law's films. It yeah, wasn't, uh, and it was fine. She did her own thing. It just like everyone had the incorrect expectations or incorrect comparisons going into it. I, I, I think. think. I think the mistake is that I don't know. I think, like I said, they they played up the sci-fi aspect a bit too much in the trailers, where it seemed like the only reason she did it is literally to give you a in in story reason to see flashbacks. Like if that wasn't there, maybe they wouldn't be trying to compare it to like Blade Runner or yeah, I mean or all these other like. It, have amazing, you seen the poster like, of it? No, Look I don't think I have. On Wikipedia, it looks exactly like Blade Runner. Oh my god! It's so a- that that's I think there was a big problem of marketing in this movie. Like I I don't blame Lisa Joy for what she made. I blame whoever marketed this for marketing it incorrectly and setting incorrect yeah, expectations. The trailer the trailer basically made it seem like Inception. Hashtag uh, never trailers, god damn it. Yeah, I know. I only saw the trailers because Oh, I saw a bunch together. of trailers. I'm just saying, like, this is exactly why we don't watch trailers because it, it they either set incorrect expectations by not showing you enough in the case of this movie, or they spoil it. Yeah, trailers are horrible. I remember back in the day I used to love trailers and I used to want to get to the movie theater like early enough that I can make sure I see all the trailers. And now I, I kind of wonder if I should just wait and try to get into the theater later so I can avoid all these trailers. But but the only reason I saw the trailer for this movie is because of the theaters. And 
I think we saw it like three or four times. And every time I saw it, it just made me think, oh, this is going to be like an Inception movie. Yeah, that was basically how they marketed that. And I did not see the poster for it. But if I saw it, I would have been like, ah, this is going to be like Blade Runner. And now I understand where you compare this movie to those two, which are fantastic movies that it, of course, is not going to live up to those expectations. Yeah, 2049 and Inception are 9.5, if not 10 out of 10 for me. So it's like, yeah, like 2049 is one of my favorite movies. And yeah, this is not anywhere near as good as 2049. Which is not to say it's bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I still (laughs) enjoyed this movie. But yeah, like, you can't market it and set expectations according to literally some of the greatest movies ever made and expect the movie to do well. So this was my thought, and it wasn't because of Lisa Joy, but it actually makes a lot of sense. This would be a much better TV series. <laughs> well, do you like, Wouldn't it? Do you like the, the person that described it as Blade Runner, the streaming series? Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. it would. She's a TV writer. Yeah, she. that's the other thing. Like, it, it I, probably I think would. she needs more time to craft the story like she wasn't able and the movie was short it was only two hours nolan's movies go up to like three hours now i i expected it to be like two and a half i wonder if a lot more stuff got cut out but yeah that's the thing i've always said like it the one thing about like tv shows especially nowadays now that we don't have to care about like creating 24 episode seasons where it's a bunch of bullshit is just that it just gives a writer enough time to tell us a story I, I always thought it was harder to write a movie because you have this limited set amount of time to tell a whole story and make us care. And I don't know. I, I think she, it still did an okay job. But yeah, you're I mean, right that she probably has that like TV writer like level of like wanting to expand things out more. And it's hard to move from that to I need to tell this whole story in two hours. There was literally one shot of again, not to kind of spoil it, but there was like this class thing going on and and the rich and the poor. You remember that shot of the rich island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was literally one shot and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. There's so much that could happen here and nothing happened. Yeah, it's brought up um, like in conversation a few times too, like this this class divide and like there there was... But but it, it has almost no payoff there, there was like, a little too much going on in this movie. Like, she had a lot of interesting bits that she just didn't have time to flesh out. Like, I would have loved to have seen the class warfare thing. I, I would have loved to have seen flashbacks of the war and what all happened. And, you know, there's a bunch of stuff referenced that tries to build the world, but it's just, I don't know, it's not enough. Yeah, this is like when I wish we could, like, ask... And see if it started off as like a show idea and then got turned into like a movie idea where they kind of like boiled it down to like a basic thing. Because, I mean, she is a show writer. Like, I would think like... Always has been. This is her first feature. Anything. Her her default thing would be to write a show or or if she chose specifically to try to do like a... I have to believe she chose to do a movie. There's no reason why she couldn't say, hey, I have a new show idea and HBO or anyone else would jump on it after the success of Westworld, I would think. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I do agree that if she had more time to flesh out more things, it would probably be more more enjoyable. But then again, like I said, I also thought it was an okay movie. I I, I didn't like come out of it going like, blah, 
I wasted two hours of my life. Like I actually enjoyed it when it, when it ended. Yes. Um, so like, I'll, I'll still give it a rating of streamable. You know, I, think, I, I don't know the rating it too harshly is the problem. And I think yeah, because for sure. of the comparisons to comparisons to everything. I mean, expectations for her expectations. I mean, I don't know if people have the same expectations of, you know, her kind of being in the Nolan clan that it's compared to those movies, but it kind of seems like it, at least the well, critics. Well, I mean, the trailers, I think, like, had to, like, plaster on, like, produced by Jonathan Nolan or something. To, no, to... no, no, it said it said co-creator of Westworld. It never said Nolan specifically. But I, I don't know if the average person knows who she is and had those expectations. I mean, I it, they definitely it made meant... it feel like Inception and things like that. But I swear they mentioned Nolan in the trailer. I don't think so at least not any i saw anyway it's streamable theaterable ish uh again we have amc a list we pay a monthly fee and just go see movies every week so it's whatever but it wasn't that much of a spectacle that i think you have to yeah, go to the yeah theaters i don't if... think it's worth it if you're gonna be paying for the, like a like tickets around where we live are expensive and it's like like 20, 20, 20 something bucks to go see this movie or something if I wanted to see it like Dolby normally. I don't think it's worth that. Um, it is still an okay movie. And if you have HBO Max, go for it. If you have AMCA list, then yeah, go to the theater. But yeah, I, I think just stream it is probably the, the option for most people. And and just have the expectation for it to be a noir film and don't compare it to Blade Runner. Don't Instead, compare it to anything. Just don't like, have like, any expectations going in. Just enjoy yeah. it for what it is. Just let it be its own movie, and it should be enjoyable. Yeah. Though, I, I mean, I, I did literally compare it to Waterworld right at the beginning as a joke, but... <laughs> it's <laughs> but just, just the future. I mean, it's whatever. I guess it is, like, Waterworld light. Yeah, I, I just said it was like a Waterworld prequel because things were starting to go underwater, but... I think that that's basically the the limit to how much water world is in it. There's yeah. things are underwater and that's it. All right. So yeah, go check it out and yeah, don't compare to other things and we're good. And uh, that's all folks. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on all the popular social media sites at streamable pod and listen to the podcast on your favorite platforms. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review.